Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is an open forum Wednesday. I hope that uh, everything is going well. I'm going to talk a few minutes about last night's All-Star game, the problems with Major League Baseball, and being an open forum Wednesday, well, we can go in any direction that you want. All right, so the All-Star game last night. Uh, I didn't watch the whole game, so I'm just going to put it right out there for you. I can't remember the last time I watched an entire baseball game. (laughs) It's been a while. Probably last year's World Series, maybe last year's playoffs. I, I can't even remember, but I have not watched an entire baseball game this year, including the Yankees and the Red Sox on Sunday night recently. I just can't get through an entire ball game. Uh, the uniforms, I, I don't like it. All right, I'm going to start right there. I thought the uniforms last night looked a lot better than last year. But again, money has taken over that element of the in-dollar deal between baseball and Nike. And Nike obviously wants to put their stamp on the uniforms for marketing for the All-Star game. Now, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But, you know, for a person like myself who does not watch the entire game, I will turn on the game maybe in the – well, I did watch the beginning of the game, but then I turned it off. Then I come back in the middle innings just to see what's going on and to see if my favorite players are on the field. And I really don't know at first glance because everyone looks the same. When you have your own uniform on, well, it's very easy to distinguish whether your player that represents your team is on the field. When the uniforms are identical with the exception of the team name across the front, which you can't see if you're looking at a wide shot, of a ball field on TV, uh, it makes it a lot more difficult. So I put that out there. Again, I'm well aware of why they do it. Uh, I get it, okay? Uh, Clayton Kershaw, Shohei Otani to lead off the game, I thought was great. Uh, I thought that having players mic'd up was phenomenal. I thought that was a nice aspect to the game. But the game itself, to me, is so freaking boring. I mean, really. Out of the entire game last night, other than the first at bat with Shohei Otani, which did not last long, you know, the broken bat base hit, and then it gets picked off first. You had the back-to-back homers by the American League. I mean, what was it about last night's game that was so intriguing? That's baseball. It's the way baseball is played now. So... I, for one, really did not enjoy, did not enjoy 
watching the game that much last night. Again, I didn't watch the whole game. I did not watch the whole game. I watched, mm, I don't know, a couple of innings. A couple of innings. So we can talk about that if you want. A couple of programming notes on my podcast. Uh, I have scheduled to come on in the next week to week and a half. Uh, Jerry Reynolds is going to come on with me. Uh, Ian Eagle is going to be on with me. I believe Ian will be on with me uh, the first show of August. I'm also going to have Ryan Anderson join me on my podcast. Over the years, Ryan has probably been my favorite guest to interview. Grew up in El Dorado Hills, played high school basketball at Oak Ridge, went to Cal Berkeley, drafted into the NBA, and had a very nice career. Uh, cut short by a back injury, but when I mean cut short, I'm talking more performance than duration. Uh, he's had an incredible journey already through his life. It's one of my favorites. Ryan Anderson is also uh, going to join me on one of my podcasts coming up. So next couple of shows, uh, probably next week, Jerry Reynolds, Ryan Anderson, Ian Eagle, all right, to look ahead on my podcast. You know the routine. If you want to come on, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do this. James Harden, two-year deal with the Philadelphia 76ers, a deal that would allow him to become a free agent at the end of this year with a player's option for year two. Just never changes in the NBA. It really doesn't. You know, player movement, you know, at least Harden probably won't be able to bitch and moan to get his way out of Philadelphia this year because he doesn't have to because he can leave on his own accord at the end of one year. So at least that's a bright spot right there. Uh, as we we sit here today, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a member of the San Francisco 49ers, but the 49ers have given Garoppolo's agent permission to seek a trade. So we'll see whether or not that can happen. Uh, Garoppolo has been cleared for resumption of throwing and working out, although you would think that that would go a little slow at first after the uh, off-season shoulder surgery. So, you know, as it stands now, I think it's unlikely that Garoppolo will be on the 49ers come opening day, which, you know, again, leads everyone to Trey Lance. And you better hope, if you're a 49ers fan, that his off-season is going to be a big plus to him. And if you think that Trey Lance is going to come on the field and beat Patrick Mahomes in year two, like Mahomes was for Kansas City, I think you're probably going to be disappointed. You know, that's what I keep on hearing. You know, I, I don't – I, for one, would be a little leery this year if I'm a 49ers fan with Trey Lance a quarterback. I made this prediction back in the spring, and I'll make it again. If Trey Lance is your starting quarterback in week one of the NFL season, which I think he will be, I don't think the 49ers are going to the playoffs this year. Okay? And that's just throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. I don't like to make predictions after the fact. I like to make them before the fact. So I think the 49ers, as good as they are, I think they will be a non-playoff team if Trey Lance is your starting quarterback all year. All right, I'm going to make that prediction right now. 
Well, I made it back in the spring. I'm going to follow it up right now a week before uh, training camp begins. You know, I like the Niners defensively. Uh, I like their skill positions. I think they have one of the best tight ends in football. I like their ability to run. But their offensive line has taken a big hit in the offseason. That's a concern. Trey Lance, his uh, accuracy is a concern. His lack of experience is a big concern. And I just don't see it translating in the playoffs this year. Now, you might ask me, all right, who's going to win the West? You know, are the Rams going to have a Super Bowl hangover? They might. They're still pretty talented. The team I can't get a read on are the Arizona Cardinals. You know, Kyler Murray last year from December on was horrible. His playoff game was – that's still – and I really mean this. That was probably the worst playoff performance that I have ever seen by a quarterback in the National Football League. I don't recall a worse performance than Murray in the playoffs. You know, as soon as DeAndre Hopkins went down, he was a completely different quarterback. So I, I don't know what to make of the Arizona Cardinals. I really don't. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you could look at that team and figure out what the hell they're going to be. You know, which Kyler Murray is going to show up. So, you know, when I look at the 49ers, I believe that Trey Lance is your starting quarterback in week one. And again, all signs point that way. I think they're going to take a big step back. I think they're going to take a big step back this year uh, in the National Football League. You know, when I look at the NFL, you know, when I look at the divisions in the NFC particularly, you know, the NFC East to me is Philadelphia and Dallas. The NFC North is clearly Green Bay, although I believe that the loss of Devontae Adams is going to have a significant impact on the Green Bay Packers. I, I don't think their division is very good. So for that reason, I still think if Aaron Rodgers is upright, Green Bay will win that division. But, I mean, you're going to tell me that you're going to lose a player like Adams and it's not going to have a significant impact? I mean, it has to. You know, to me, Tampa, you know, I know no Gronk. That's going to hurt them a little bit. But they're still very deep at the wideouts. They have a good defense. Uh, you have Tom Brady coming back. You know, now you have Todd Bowles as the head coach. We'll see how he does. Again, I still think his decision uh, at the end of the game against the Rams was one of the worst coaching decisions I've ever seen in all my years of watching football. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good head coach. All right. He's been a head coach before. I'm a little skeptical about it, but I look at that division you know, do I think Baker Mayfield's going to go to Carolina and turn that team around? No. Do I think the Saints are ready to elevate and win? No. Who, who else am I going to look at in that division and say, okay, they're going to be a team that is going to rival Tampa if Tom Brady is healthy? I, I don't see it. You know what? I don't see it. So, you know, th those are some of the thoughts in the uh, NFC. You know, to me, Dallas, Philly, Green Bay, uh, Tampa Bay, and in the West, again, assuming that Trey Lance is your starter each and every week, I just think they're going to take a step back. Could they be a wild card? Mm, perhaps. 
You know, I don't think the NFC is that strong this year. I just don't. You know, I don't think they're that strong. So uh, we can talk about that and anything else. We get to uh, some phone calls. And why don't we get the show rolling right here on an open forum Wednesday? Why don't we bring in and say hello to Antonio on Listen App? Antonio, as soon as you hit your mic icon, there you are. How are you, Antonio? Great. How you doing, Grant? Good, buddy. What's up? Hey, uh, I'm almost embarrassed that I didn't even watch one second of the uh, All-Star game. I mean, I literally, I'm, 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 I think you've got a couple years on me. I'm 57, I'll be 57 in August, so I grew up with Reggie and Rod Carew and all those guys, and the All-Star game meant something. Um, but I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I did not watch literally one pitch. I think I listened to, I think you were live yesterday, and I, you you talked someone was at bat and i but yeah i was was embarrassed to admit that i mean i i grew up loving the game you know a a lifelong ace fan seeing reggie when he didn't got traded seeing the glory days in the 70s of the a's and the the bash brothers there but um i don't know what's gonna how it's gonna come lock in this year on the a's um i tried my hardest to watch maybe you know the first couple weeks of it and you know, with with basketball and everything, and um, basketball almost being almost you know year round now with the, the way it goes around with all the news, and of course, when sure. you're being a Warrior fan, the playoffs, and um, it's tough, Grant. I don't know what they can do to to get the interest. And me, an old guy, now I call me an old guy, and I don't know how they're going to get the kids. You know, the the attention span or whatever you want to call it for the game. I mean, the game that I grew up loving. I'm with you 100%. Uh, I, I think baseball's got a real problem. I think it's a generational problem. And uh, I think Tony Clark and Rob Manfred are not suitable to make the necessary changes. Uh, I think the players, to a degree, are stubborn and resistant to changes. I I think baseball's got a real problem on their hands, Antonio. I really do. Do you, do you ever see, and I've, you know, I don't know if well, the Expos moved back in the day, but do you ever see, you know, my beloved team, that you know, the, the city of Oakland, the A's, the Raiders, the Warriors, they're, the A's are left. Do you ever see a team ever going out of business? I mean, they're going to move the A's to Vegas. I mean, that's the rumor forever. But do you ever see them maybe consult? Is it too many teams now no. that too many teams that are no. going to keep trying to grow? No, they're not going to consolidate. They're, if anything, they're going to keep growing. Uh, baseball. I think the A's will leave Oakland. I think it's, I think Rob Manford made that pretty clear at the all-star game and said, you know, Oakland is running out of time. A decision needs to be made now. And that means a stadium. That means no messing around has to be concrete. I just don't see that happening. So I could see, and we'll see the A's leaving, but consolidating, having the team go out of business. No, I don't see that. Hey, Grant, you know, I know this open forum. So I wanted to ask, you know, and I don't want to always go back, you know, I'm still, you know, we, we keep bringing up what happened to you, uh, you, you know, a few years ago. But one of the guys you used to have on all the time, and I heard you, you, you the, the early part of the show when you said you were going to have a couple guys in early August, Aaron 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 Eagle. I can't pronounce the name. I don't know if that's the right name. But I Charles David, Char, Charles Davis used to have. Are, are some of these guys with what happened, you know, when you got – when you got, you know, woke out or whatever you want, whatever the terminology, did you lose any of the the brothers that were with you? And now when this went down, did they kind of go in a different direction? And I, and I hate to no. respond that type of question. No, you, Charles Davis, curious. Charles Davis has been, a, Charles Davis has been on my podcast two or three times already. Uh, Charles okay. uh, texts me on a fairly regular basis. I text him uh, to check in. Hey, Charles, how are you? Hope you and your family are well. Uh, 
Charles has actually been unbelievably supportive. Charles called me uh, the day after uh, I lost my career. We talked for quite a while. Charles uh, has been great to me. Charles has been extremely supportive. And uh, again, that's all I can say. I consider Charles Davis a real good friend. All you got to do is look at my guest list on my podcast, you know, both black uh, and white. I mean, I hate to break it down like that, but no, I've had uh, I've had great support from the black community. Charles Barkley was my first guest. Dusty Baker's oh, wow. been on. Uh, you know, I mean, no, I've had very good, very good uh very good support from my my black friends. I mean, again, Charles Barkley was my first guest on my podcast, so that should tell you something. Yeah, it's great. Hey, Grant, one uh, one last thing. Um, so, with um, just for the record, and I just wanted to make this clear that I think you already know when you left the station, and I won't bring this somewhere. We'll talk football, baseball, basketball, whatever. But I just wanted to help because I wanted to tell you this: when you left, they they had the, the couple guys on there. I think Doug was on there, and. It was just painful to listen. I actually, I used to listen to you every day at five o'clock. I used to tell you, I'd sit in my driveway with my foot in the door, couldn't get off the, get, get in my car, but you guys had me, my ear to the, ear to the radio, but they were absolutely right. And the guy that you, the guy that, that took the King's job and you mentioned something a couple of weeks ago about him. I, I can't agree with you more. He, uh, anyway, Grant, I, I'm going to keep locked in. I'll look at the, the guest list. Thanks, I, buddy. I'm glad, I'm glad you're back doing your thing, man. Well, you've been back for a while, but thank you. thanks again, Grant. Take care. Yep, be good. Yep, you too. Uh, speaking of Charles Davis, I'll have him on again in the very near future. Uh, love talking with Charles, so not a problem there. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on this Open Forum Wednesday with Ryan. Hey, Ryan, good afternoon. How are you today? Doing well. Good afternoon, Grant. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, buddy. What's happening? Hey, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun with the list that we did before, and I was thinking about a way to have a fun, you know, little game to tweak that. So I want to do a way back Wednesday, and I know it's open forum, and so maybe, and it's only five items, 30 seconds to a minute, but I want your best memory on each of these things. The first one is your first game broadcasting for the Kings. First game was in Portland in November of 1988. The starting backcourt was Terry Porter, Clyde Drexler, Jerome Kersey was the small forward, Buck Williams was the power forward, Kevin Duckworth was the center, Mike Shuler was the head coach. And the thing I remember the most about that game was a phone call I got from Tom Curran of Channel 13, who had done the Kings for the first three years on TV in Sacramento. And Tom called me at the Red Lion Hotel, the team hotel we were staying at in Portland about three hours before the game to say, hey, Grant, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. This is hard for me that I'm not doing the game, but I could not be happier for you. I want to wish you the best of luck. And uh, I think you're going to do great. And I just was like, wow, you know, here I am, a young broadcaster and the guy that lost the job because Channel 13 did not renew the rights was calling me to wish me well. And that was just just being a consummate professional. Tom and I ended up being very, very close friends. Tom ended up working as a sports anchor at Channel 31 uh, a couple of years after that. But those are some of the things I remember from my first game. I don't really remember much of the game other than my excitement. I remember being unbelievably pumped up on the bus. I still remember kind of just announcing the game. And saying to myself, wow, I can't believe that I'm doing an NBA game. You know, that that those are some of the things that I remember. That's straight up class. Has that affected how you, you know, 
carry yourself as a professional going forward? Yes. Yes. There are little things that have happened uh, in my career. You know, Mel Allen talking to me when I was 18 years old, sitting in the Yankee dugout in Cleveland three hours before the game and asking me questions. And we had a great conversation. And then he wished me well. That's always stood out in my mind. Chick Hearn and how he approached me and dealt with me. And then seeing how he always had time for the fans after the game has always stuck out with me. Um, Tom Curran's phone call on that afternoon in November of 1988 has always resonated with me. There are things that happen throughout your life that stay with you and are lessons in life of how to do things and how to go about things. And so, yes, absolutely, without question, that was one of the things that have happened to me that's always stuck with me. It's amazing. Okay, we're going to move on to number two. The first time you sat courtside and called a Michael Jordan game. Uh, Chicago Stadium, the introduction of the Chicago Bulls starting lineups with Ray Clay is one of the most electrifying things that I'd ever seen. Also, I had worked in Decatur, Illinois for three years, downstate, okay? And I had a lot of friends in Decatur, Illinois. And for me to come back into Illinois and announce a Bulls game, they thought I was like a rock star, okay? <laughs> and not all of them could get <laughs> tickets. It was very hard to get tickets. But I had a friend. I, I still remember his name. His name was Mark Westbay. And I was able to get him a press pass, a photographer's press pass. He was a big-time photographer. And so I got him a press pass. And he was sitting on the court, courtside, with his camera, taking photos of Michael Jordan during the game, okay? So wow. I, I remember that. But again, for, for working in Decatur, Illinois for three years and leaving in July of 87, okay, to go to work in Sacramento and then coming back some, what is that, 14 months later, 15 months later, and being at the United Center, excuse me, at Chicago Stadium, announcing a game with Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool for me because my friends, you know, back then it was like, hey, I'm coming in. I'm doing the Bulls game. You want to get together? And I had a lot of buddies drive up. You know, we hung out the night before the game in Chicago and had a good time. But those are the, the, the Ray Clay, though, the, the starting lineups. You'll never forget that being there and hearing the introduction of the Bulls was one of the great things ever in sports. That's awesome. I mean, I, I can't imagine in person because it's electric on TV and it's so basic too. It, it's not, you know, pyrotechnics. Obviously, they had the lasers coming down on the court from time to time, but it, it was just the atmosphere. So, okay, let's see. Only it's the only it's the only it's the only arena in the NBA where I would take my headsets off during the introductions and say to myself, "Wow." I am so blessed and so lucky to do what I do. Don't ever take it for granted. It's the only place in the league I would take my headsets off during the introductions. And we were always in commercial during the introductions, so I could do right. that. And I used to just take my headset off and look around. And, you know, it was dark. They turned the lights off and look at the – they had the animation on the scoreboard of the bull animated running through the streets of Chicago – and right. then I'm just telling you, it was the most amazing 
uh, electrifying, hair, hair tingling experience. And I, I, again, it's the only place in the league I used to take my headsets off to watch it all. That, that's how great it was. So, Grant, I can't speak for everybody else, but I can speak for myself. Why do you think NBA teams do not televise it, it, televise the uh, starting lineups, at least the home teams? Because that's really interesting and exciting when you get to see that if you're not yeah, in the game. Because there's so much uh, inventory that you have to put in in terms of uh, commercial uh, time. You, 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 you have to take advantage of the breaks that you get. And these games are so full of ads now that you can't just always do that. The only time we ever used to do that was on opening night or on a really, really, really special occasion. But most of the time you were in commercials during that. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Um, but it, it's maybe that's kind of, you know, the thing that makes it special about it. If you're a viewer at home, you don't get to see it too often unless you're going live. Okay, let's go to number three. You're favorite memory of attending a Rangers or New York football Giants game with your father? Uh, easily Rangers game, game five, Stanley Cup finals, 1994, Rangers up three games to one. Uh, I had gone the games three and four in Vancouver, stayed at George McPhee's place, who was uh, the second right-hand man uh, with Pat Quinn in Vancouver and stayed with him and his wife uh, at their place in Vancouver. Uh, Rangers up 3-1. George was able to get me two tickets for game five, called my dad and said, Dad, we're going to watch the Rangers win their first cup since 1940. There was no way the Rangers were going to lose up three games to one in game five at the Garden. Standing outside Madison Square Garden, getting ready to walk in. The atmosphere was amazing. Tickets were going for five grand a piece in 1994. All right. That's $5,000 a piece. Yes. And we went into that game. And uh, the Rangers lost 6-3, which was shocking to me. But just the the excitement of going to a Stanley Cup Finals game with my dad. We had gone to so many Rangers games. Me as a kid, we used to go to Sunday afternoon games and sit up top, you know, in the blue seats. Uh, and that was back at the old Madison Square Garden where you could smoke. And I remember seeing all the blue haze from up above at the balcony at Madison Square Garden. But uh, that was great. And then probably... Uh, there were we went to hundreds of football games, and I mean, I started going to the Giants games in 1962 as a three-year-old. My dad used to take me to the Giants games beginning at age three at Yankee Stadium, and so I don't have just one favorite moment with my dad. But if I had to just pick one, I would say it would be the last ever game that I was at with my dad was the uh, NFC championship game between the Giants and the Vikings that the Giants won 41, nothing. I was in Dallas uh, getting ready to do a Kings game on Monday night and had an off day on Sunday, flew to Dallas, or excuse me, flew to Newark on Sunday morning, took a taxi to the stadium, met my brother and my father in the parking lot. We went to the game, and that's the last game I ever went to with my dad. My dad did not pass away until 2007 at age 82, but it was too much for him. You know, he didn't like going to the games as much, you know, at yeah. his age. He just preferred to sit at home and watch it. But we, we did have my dad go to that game. 
So I'd probably say that was the, the I'd pick that game because it was the last game and the Giants won the championship 41 nothing. And also Wellington Merrick came out, the owner of the Giants, because the uh, the, the media was making, uh, uh, they were giving Wellington Merrick a hard time for not having an artificial turf at the stadium instead of natural grass. And the, the grass for that game looked like a, a mud pit. It wasn't mud, but it was all brown and stuff. And Wellington Mara made a comment at the end of the game, you know, basically chastising the media for making fun of the playing surface. So those, those are some of the memories that stick out. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash grant. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, these days, that game probably wouldn't have been played. That's correct. That's service. a good point. Very good uh, point. But no, you know what? It's really cool that you got to have the opportunity to just even for anybody out there that may not have a dad. You got to go to a single football game, let alone years and years of football games. So thank you for sharing that. That's well, yeah, we had we had season thing. tickets. We had season tickets for both the Jets and the Giants. So we were at an NFL game every Sunday. I mean, my dad and I and my brother were at hundreds and not not just a handful. We were at hundreds of NFL games. I mean, we were at an NFL game pretty much every Sunday. We never missed a Giants game. We didn't go to every Jets game, but we went to like if the Giants were in a big game, which they weren't because the Giants were terrible when I was growing up as a kid. But there were times that my dad would uh, sell the Jets tickets to someone that really wanted them because they were a yeah. big fan and it was a big game. And so we didn't care. We weren't Jets fans. We were Giants fans. But, you know, I was at an NFL game literally almost every single Sunday of my childhood. <laughs> you almost had uh, three season tickets. You had the Jets, the Giants, and then parking. <laughs> That's exactly the right. Price. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, all right. So the fourth one, only one more to go after this. Your favorite memory from the Kings 2002 playoff run? Uh, probably walking into the locker room 
after the Robert Ory shot in game four that I announced on radio by myself and doing the post game show on the radio and then walking into the Kings locker room about 20 minutes after the game was over. And I remember walking in and how quiet it was. And Vladdy came right up to me and said, and, you know, Vladdy's the one that batted the ball out that Robert Ory caught and made the three. Right. And Vladdy came up to me and said, we're, we're all good. We're all good. You know, the guys came in here and all their heads were down. I said, hey, you know what? We're going back. We're winning game five and we're coming back here to win the series. Forget about it. We're going home. We got our fans. We're going to win. We'll be right back here in the same position. That's the first thing he said to me. And I was just like, wow. I, I, I was like, wow, here's a guy that batted the ball out that en ends up in Robert Ory's hand. And if anybody should have been down and all depressed, it was Vladdy. And he was the guy that was upbeat and telling the guys, hey, get your heads up. We're going home. We're winning game five, which they did on the Mike Bibby shot. But I'll never forget walking into the locker room and Vladdy coming right up to me and telling me that. And I was just like, wow. Like, I, that was just a wow moment. That was incredible. It's veteran leadership, right? It, it, yeah, you didn't have that in a lot of life. Yes, it was just, you know, one thing Vladi always said to me, and I was amazing. Sometimes after great, great wins, Vladi would show no emotion and no excitement. And I went up to him and I go, are you not excited? He goes, of course I'm excited. He said, but, you know, in my career, I've learned don't get too high after a win and don't get too low after a loss because mm. you have another game you got to get ready for. And I was like, wow. Cause in the locker room after big games, Vladdy was just kind of like, you know, he was like, he's going to take a nap. And I said to him, I go, what's the deal with you, man? Why don't you, he says, because we got another game in two nights. I can't, this game's over. Forget about it. We got to move on. And I was just like, wow, that's a hell of a professional right there. hundred percent. The latter part's the most important. Uh, you know, not yep. getting too low when you lose, especially if you're in the playoffs. Correct. So, I mean, the fact that yep. you're able to project that on the team, that's absolutely amazing. Quick sidebar before I ask the fifth question. Was Mike shot uh, in game five probably the loudest you've ever heard Arco? No, the loudest I ever heard Arco was before game three in 96 of the Kings and the Sonics. I had never heard the arena like that in my life. Uh, when the Kings came out of the tunnel for their warmups, I had never heard the arena like that in all my years. Mike Bibby's shot was right up there, but no, game game three of 96. And I've had a couple of the players on that played in that game. We talked about that, and they'll agree with me. They'd never heard anything like that. Yeah, I'll, I was actually at that game. It was crazy to hear when they came came out of the tunnel. It was like the I don't, it's not Jimi Hendrix. I forget the name. I think it's Jimi. It was Page. unbelievable. Come with me. It was you unbelievable. Know, like just everybody was going nuts. Yeah. Um. Okay. Last question. Most important question. The most memorable call you have made on a broadcast. I've thought about this, and I still think. To this day, the Kings' 35-point comeback win in Chicago when Tyreek Evans was a rookie, I think the fourth quarter and the second half of that game is the best game I've ever called. I remember asking Jerry during a timeout 
when the Kings were down 30 plus, I remember asking Jerry, if you're the coach, what are you telling your guys right now? And Jerry said, very simple, don't play the scoreboard. Don't look at the scoreboard, just go out and play. And I mm -hmm. just thought, wow, that was so amazing. But the fourth quarter, uh, the fourth quarter in particular, I believe was the best quarter of basketball that I have ever called. Another quarter that always sticks out to me, and it sticks out to me because I received so many compliments from Warrior fans, was the 37-point, not fourth quarter, the 37-point third quarter that I called Clay Thompson against the Kings. And yes. what stood out to me was how many compliments that I received from Warriors fans telling me what a great job I did being a Kings announcer and yet providing the excitement and the proper uh, uh, place for the greatness of what I witnessed with Clay Thompson in the third quarter of that game. Those are the two that stick out to me when I analyze all 32 years. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, the two that I was thinking of when I was, you know, thinking about how I was going to ask the question, one was the Warriors call with Clay because that was out of respect for the game. You were seeing something Correct. that you likely will only see once in your lifetime, courtside. Let's put it Correct. that way. Um, the second for me was, and we've talked about this before, the bogey call when Bogey hit that three against the Lakers and yep. you and your cohort, uh, you know, jumped up and exploded. They had the cameras on you. Um, I, I thought those two were just great. There was, there was also a time one or two that came to mind was uh, in the 2000, I want to say four or five season. And Mike had Mike Bibby had two back to back, uh, yes. Game winners, and I, I'll never forget. And I think it was part of his mon or you know his montage when he left town. But it's like Mike Bibby's on the or you know he's the hero on back to back nights. Oh boy, right. you know. And those were really cool too. And not I think I said I think I said before the shot, Mike Bibby, can he do it again? Right, and then that led yeah. me into that. So yes, I that that was that yes, that's right up there with one of my favorites too. So, yeah, you, that was probably your best, oh, boy, of all time. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyways, hey. Yeah, I had a couple uh, of them. Hey, uh, thank you so much for the space and the time. And I want to let everybody else have some time as well. So, uh, have a great rest of your Wednesday night. And we'll be in touch tomorrow, man. Thank you, man. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Be good. You got it, brother. Yeah, good memories. You know, I, I've got so many great memories over the years. Uh, but... That fourth quarter in Chicago, that 35-point comeback today, you know, of all the games I've ever called, I think that was the best fourth quarter I've ever called. Jeff, what's going on? How are you today? Good, good. Hey, man, that Ryan guy, he really put some time in, and I appreciate what he, you know, his conversations and his questions. I just wanted to put him Yeah, he's great. You know? yeah, I do too. I give him props too because it's great. <laughs> Listen, I'm I enjoy it. I'm the one that's doing the show and I enjoy it. But I also, as a fan, know that if I was listening like you are and others, I would enjoy it too. So I think it's great. I I love it. I I, I he does a great job. So I I he's listening. I know he appreciates you saying that. But uh, thank you very much. 
Oh man, he's prepared. I love it. Hey, so I was I watched that All Star game. It was a dud. I had to switch it, come back to it. You know, even though I had some lineups, I made five bucks. Big deal. But you know, I I put a quarter. <laughs> I hit a quarter right. on Pendle. I had a couple of the home runs. I had I thought Turner was going to do better, and I had I went with Machado in one lineup, and that was a blunt blunder. But uh, anyways, I, I, it's just so I I got me I got me looking uh, a little bit online about you know I'm a big Willie Mays fan like I've told you before, and uh, my question to you is if Willie didn't serve in the military. Do you think he would have broke oh, the first record? Probably, probably. But I wonder how many other players in that era, you know, if you could say did not serve in the military, what would their careers have been like? You know, like I think you could say that with others. But, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably say yes. I'd probably say yes. You know? Well, you know, now that you say that, I went online to baseball, baseballhall.org and served in the military, growing up, uh, just to name a few. Uh, let me see. Tris Speaker in World War One, Branch Rickey. Yep. Chris, Christy yep. Mathewson, World War One, World War Two. Now, you probably familiar with that. The most famous one in World War Two uh, was Ted Williams. Yes. In the Marines. Uh, Monty Irving, Gil Hodges, uh, Phil Rizzuto, who you know. Yep. Pee Wee Reese, Pee Wee Reese, Johnny Mize, Stan Musial, uh, Luke Upling, Yogi Berra, which I would have never knew. Mickey, yep. Co- Mickey Cochran, Bill Dickey, uh, Bobby Dorr, Bob Feller, uh, Ralph Kiner. Uh, let me see. Let's go to the Korean War. Hey, Jeff. Done. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, did I tell you this story? Did I tell you the story that on December 7th, 1941, my dad was at the Polo Grounds watching the New York Giants play the Brooklyn Dodgers in football? A lot of people don't remember the Brooklyn Dodgers were football, too. December 7th, 1941, my dad, okay, as a 15-year-old boy, was at the Polo Grounds oh at the God. Giants-Dodgers football game. And three years later, my dad was in the Pacific Theater, all right, in the Pacific Theater on a Navy ship. He tells me he left it. The ship left Treasure Island, okay? I didn't even realize that that's what Treasure Island was back then. And his ship left Treasure Island in San Francisco to go out into the war and not to get off on a tangent. My dad was the only one that came back home in his unit oh. because my dad never got off the ship. They made my dad a signal man. And oh. my dad did not, my dad never got off the ship and he's wow. the only one in his unit to survive. But you that talk is, about like, is that unbelievable or what? December 7th, 1941 was at the football game with the Giants and the Dodgers. We would not be talking if that would have never happened. Right? Yep. That's, that's well, there are many, many, many. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's unbelievable. Yep. Korean War, Ernie Banks, Whitey Ford, Whitey Herzog, Eddie Matthews, Willie Mays, Ted Williams. Ted Williams served in two wars. Unbelievable. So that's that yep. was the that's so 
I, you know, let's, I mean, wow. I mean, I was sitting there thinking. Wow, yeah. wow is right. Wow is how, right. Yep. How would these careers have been different if they didn't have to serve in the wars? And what their stats, the stats, you know, how they they changed. Sure. You know? Sure. Yep. How about that, and, huh? Very true. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. That was okay. yeah, it's great. It's great information because I don't. I don't think a lot of sports fans that are alive today would even think about that and realize how many years, games, etc., players had taken away from their careers because they were serving their country. Well, I think I looked back, uh, and Willie was stroking about forty to forty-five home runs a year when that happened. So I think mm-hmm. he ended up with six. I think he ended up with six sixty. In his career, somewhere around that zone, and yeah. two years, you add. Let's just say you add seventy home runs, and he's right. He's he's right. Seven thirty. Hey, he he would have broke Ruth's record. And here's know? something else for you, Willie. May, Willie Mays wasn't cheating when he was hitting home runs. <laughs> oh, you're uh, you're you're absolutely right. And the ball wasn't as livelier, and they played hurt. They played. There was no management, uh, health management, or whatever the hell you want to call it, and you know, and he played in shitty parks like yep. and he played in Candlestick, where I went, yep. I grew up, you know, and it, it, you, I mean, with the wind and the cold as hell out there, you know. Well, of course, he started in New York, but you know, but uh, he played in Candlestick in his later years, but uh, freezing your ass off every night at fifty something degrees. So, I mean. It, Hey, did you listen to my podcast with Will Clark? I had Will Clark on my podcast, and we I, talked I, about we talked about all of that. No, I'm I'm going to listen to the one with Dusty, and I'll do Will because Will's one of my favorite players of all time. One last thing, you were just talking about going to a game, and if your dad was still alive today, he'd probably just come unglued. I I sent this to you. The cost of a family going to a baseball game now, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, and the New York Yankees are in the top three. So the cost of four, the cost of four tickets, four hot dogs, two beers, two sodas, and parking in 2022. Average ticket to get into a Yankee game now is 61.59. Your beer Ridiculous. is six, your beer is six bucks. Your soda is three bucks. Your hot dogs three bucks. Parking is 26.50. So that's three hundred and two dollars and eighty six cents. I mean, that's I'm surprised the beers are only. I'm surprised the beers are only six bucks. Are you sure about that? That's what it says here because everybody else, everybody else is nine, ten dollars. Uh, let me see the Giants. It's nine. Uh, let me see the Giants is uh, nine. Uh, Chicago's ten seventy five. I mean, it varies. Uh, the, okay. The, the Mets are twelve bucks. So I can't see how the Mets are twelve dollars and the Yankees are six bucks. There, that has to be a typo. It is a typo. typo. It it is. But anyway, that's, it's that's, ridiculous. The cost of going to a game is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Well, I mean, that's a car payment to some people. Come on. Correct. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, they wonder why attendance is down. You know, of course, you know, I'm, I start thinking about the economy and everything. So I googled it, and this is what I found. And uh, I mean, shit. And you know, and I live in Yuba City, so not to mention, if I want sure. to, 
I want to go to the Giants game, I got to pay the gas and to go across the bridge. Now, what is it? Eight bucks or something to go across the Bay Bridge. So, I mean, I'm looking at probably $400, even $400 to to go to a game from Yuba City. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, good stuff, man. Really good uh, stuff. I, uh, It's good to think about all of these things. And you have a good rest of the day, man. Really appreciate your phone call. Tell Ryan to keep it coming. <laughs> oh, he will. I'm not worried about Ryan. That's great. He's good. Right. Be Thank good, buddy. Well, all right. Take care. It's pretty amazing. It really is. All right, let's get to uh, Jerry here on Listen App on an open forum Wednesday. Hey, Jerry, how are you? I'm fine, sir. How are you, Grant? I'm doing good. Grant, you know, you and Ryan, you know what, dude, I'm just waiting for, you know, just coming on sometime and I'm going to hear this. I'm going to hear the Grant Napier show with Ryan in Sacktown. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's well, going to be awesome. You know what? If, I'll tell you right now, if we, get a couple, if we get a couple sponsors, I would do it. You know, I enjoy talking to him. If we, if we can monetize it, I'm all for it. You know, let's do it. Grant, you guys have so much chemistry, dude. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, you know, I can't even say the words, Grant. It's, you know, it's just awesome what you guys do, you know. Uh, and I wish Ryan would have asked, asked you this question. Um, did you ever get a chance to talk to Michael Jordan personally? No. Uh, I don't believe I've ever had a conversation. I know for a fact I've never interviewed Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't know if I – I don't – I don't believe I have. I interviewed Tiger Woods once when he was in Sacramento for literally like 90 seconds as he was walking by to go into an event, a Hall of Fame event. But um, no, uh, I interviewed Shaq a couple of times, but don't ever recall talking to Michael Jordan. So I would say no. And Grant, I remember that call when Ori hit that shot and you said this. No boy. And if I'm not mistaken, I... I believe he said this, or for the win, good. That's all he yep. said, good. Yep, that's and, it. And Grant, I mean, you know what, when Divock batted that ball, you know what, oh, my God, where were the Kings players? Oh, my God. It's just like, Not, no, 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 no. Not where the Kings players were. Why was Robert Ori a power forward out near the three-point line with one second Good left point. to go, why was he not in trying to get a putback rebound? What was he Good. doing standing all by himself beyond the arc? Because the chances of the ball coming to him in that situation were like 2%. And everyone else was around the basket trying to get the rebound. And Robert Ory was the only one standing out there beyond the arc. Think about that for a minute. Grant, Grant do you know who uh, – who, uh... Who was the defender that was guarding Robert Ory? Chris Weber. Chris Weber. Okay. All right. Because I know that Chris, uh, when Robert Ory had the ball in his hands and he shot the ball, I see his hand was trying to block the shot. But yes. oh boy, Grant. I mean, I mean, yep. Kings won that game. They probably won the championship. But you know what I mean is what it is. Yep. Thanks for bringing it up. Grant, Thanks for ruining Grant. everybody's day, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Grant. Listen. Uh, <laughs> One more thing. Uh, you know what? You've seen a lot of NBA in your career, Grant. And you know what? You know what? Oh, my God. You know, just following your career, you know what? Most people would die 
for the, you know, just to do it for one year and you do it and you did it for multiple decades. You know what, my friend, you are blessed. You are blessed big time that you do not even know you are blessed big time. Well, thank you, Jerry. I, I feel the same way and it's always good hearing from you. You take care, okay? All right, Grant. You too, Grant. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, some of the most enjoy. I mean, I also did the Canadian Football League for two years. And that was great. I did that with Jack Youngblood, and that was phenomenal. I love announcing football. You know, a lot of I, I who would have ever thought I would be able to announce the Canadian Football League for two years? And I used to love going to all the Canadian. I love Canada. Canada is just a phenomenal country. I used to love going to Regina, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton. Obviously, Vancouver speaks for itself. But you know, going to Ottawa going to Toronto, going to Hamilton for a Tiger Cats game with, you know, the place all packed and rowdy. I used to love doing the CFL. You know, the CFL was so much fun. Used to love that. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on this Open Forum Wednesday with John. Hey, John, how are you today, buddy? Oh, I'm doing all right, Grant. Open Forum Wednesday, and it's hot as the devil's balls out here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean You're killing I'm me. On. Oh, oh, my it's God. only 102. It's only 102, but everything's all good out here. I was just uh, hearing some of the memories of some of your calls. One of them may not have much significance, but you did it. It was by design, and you're playing the Denver Nuggets. And you said, how about this Kings defense putting the squeeze on Michael Malone's nuggets? <laughs> and you said that on purpose. Yeah, that one was hilarious. I don't know if anybody else caught that except myself. And my wife happened to be walking into the room right then and said, what the hell did Grant just say? I said, I said what, what? Then I backed it up and checked it out of all. That was by design. That was by There you design. go, buddy. I'm glad you caught that one. Yeah. It, hey, man. That was one of the funnest calls, you know. Hey, some of the funnest ones that I've been to, I was at the game when Bibby hit that corner three. And that right there, I wasn't at the earlier one in uh, 86, but I was at the one where Bibby hit that corner three. That was the loudest I ever heard that. And I've been in that building hundreds of times making it loud. So everybody's got those games pretty much right on, Grant. John, good hearing from you, buddy. You take care of yourself. Yep. Be good. You do the you same. Know, I, thank you. You know, being an open forum Wednesday, like, you know, he, Jerry was talking about my career. I don't really, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, you, you play sports. 
I used to announce the basketball games that I was playing in. I used to go to the hockey games. You know, I was blessed that I saw an era of hockey in the 60s with the original six teams going to Madison Square Garden to seeing the goalie Eddie Jockerman play, Brad Park, right? Uh, my favorite player as a kid was Boom Boom Jeffrey on because of his name. I used to go to hockey games at such an early age that I thought that when they came on, the you know, when the Zamboni came on to the ice in between the periods, I thought there was an entire new game getting ready to start. That's how young I was when I started going to hockey games. But, you know, I used to love watching hockey. And to this day, you know, I, the hockey playoffs to me is the greatest postseason event in sport. And I'll watch the Stanley Cup playoffs over the NBA playoffs on a regular basis. So I love that. And then, you know, having a chance to announce in the National Hockey League for the Sharks when uh, their TV voice, Randy Hahn, went on maternity leave to be with his wife, that was a great thrill. And being at the Great Western Forum, one of the games I did was when Wayne Gretzky was playing for the LA Kings with Yari Curry. And that was a great thrill for me to be announcing a hockey game that Wayne Gretzky was playing in and did a couple of games, did uh, the, a Vancouver game, did the uh, Ducks game, did a Kings game. But to do a game in which the great one was playing, that was pretty neat for me. I uh, used to, like everyone else, used to love watching you know, Wayne Gretzky play. So I, I am blessed. I've done a lot of great things. You know, I had a chance to do the Raiders uh, preseason games on TV for five years and work with Jim Plunkett and some others. And Jim Plunkett's one of the great human beings that I've ever been around and just love the man. Such a class act, such a, just, just a great guy. So uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun. You know, I've had a lot of uh, good memories and hopefully they're not done. You know, hopefully I'll get an opportunity to, you know, do some more live events. And that's really my passion. Love announcing and whether it's football, you know, the only sport I haven't done is baseball. I think I could do baseball, but I don't think it would be, you know, I, I'm more of a fast paced energy guy. Baseball is more of a slow down storytelling type of a game. I think I could do it if I was prepared, but I don't think I would love to do baseball on a regular basis. I, I really don't. I think it just is not conducive to my personality what's what fits my personality are fast-paced games that's why I love doing hockey you know I've always wished that I had done hockey instead of the NBA for 30 years I, don't get me wrong I love doing the NBA and I had great great times and memories and you know I don't want to make it sound like I wasn't grateful and blessed and everything else but you know, if you had told me, would you rather do the NHL for 30 years or the NBA, it would be a very easy choice for me. I would have done the hockey uh, in a heartbeat. I love hockey. I think it's a great game. The people in hockey are the best. I love the players. I love the coaches. I love the referees, which, you know, I've gotten to know a couple of the hockey referees. They're just great guys. I love, you know, the coaches that I've met in the National Hockey League. The players, they're just the best. I mean, the players in hockey are the best. They are. They're just the freaking best. So I probably, do I regret doing the NBA? Of course I don't regret doing the NBA. I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. But if you had told me, hey, do you want to do hockey or you want to do basketball, it would be a very easy choice for me. It would take me one second to say hockey. Love hockey. I love the game. I love the sport. And uh, I, I don't know what else to say. But I've, I'm very blessed that I was able to do you know, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, the Canadian Football League. Um, I look back at those memories and 
uh, it makes me very happy to say the least. All right. Uh, if you want to come on, you still have time on this open forum Wednesday. If not, no problem. Really appreciate the phone calls today. Appreciate everyone listening. I do post these shows up on my podcast platform. And really, as I said last week, uh, had more downloads last week than I have at any other time. So I'm really grateful that those that cannot listen live are listening on the uh, platform. So I try to post the shows within 30 to 45 minutes after they're done. Uh, if it's not possible to do that, there's a reason that's not laziness. But there's a good reason why I can't post it. Like, for instance, I did a show last week. I think it was on a Monday. And for whatever reason, the show did not record on the app. So it's pretty hard to post a show that does not record. But I appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, coming up on podcast, I'm going to have Ryan Anderson. His story is amazing. All right. His MBA career, his outlook on life. Ryan Anderson is going to come on with me. Jerry Reynolds is going to be on with me. Uh, Ian Eagle is confirmed for the first show in August. So we'll talk with the great announcer for CBS and TNT, the great Ian Eagle. Uh, we'll have uh, some more guests coming up. But those are three that uh, I can confirm. Jerry Reynolds, Ryan Anderson to talk about his MBA career and his really his story uh, stories on life are pretty amazing. So really looking forward to hooking up with Ryan Anderson and then Ian Eagle from CBS Sports. Ian and Charles Davis once again this year teaming up for the number two team on CBS. Have yourself a great Wednesday evening. Thanks very much for listening right here. Grant Napier saying so long, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.